welcome back to It's In You podcast, where our mission is to help reveal the truth of God in you. In this week's episode, we are taking another deep dive into the Word of God. So clear your mind, your heart, and your space, and make way to hear the truth in this week's message. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a new Sunday evening. Um, by the grace of God, we are all alive and well. And um, we're here. We're here. Um, I just thank God for a new day. And we just want to welcome each and every one of you that's coming through to um, participate in this Bible study session. Um, we just invite you right now. We're live currently. If you're watching either through Facebook or through um, or the replay. But if you're watching live with us, then you can definitely join in. Just go to the link and it will take you straight there. If not, then we'll just leave the link behind for next week that you can always join live with us. But nevertheless... Uh, whether you're watching the replay or watching live, you can always leave a comment as well. And we'll do our best to respond to the questions that you have. The main purpose of this Bible study session is to exercise the Word of God in each and every one of us. So um, that's the sole purpose because the Word of God is in all of us. So we're just grateful to have you here. Um, and we're about to get into what the Word is for today. Um, so thank you for being here and we pray that you are well and we pray for all your family and circumstances as well. So without further ado, I think we can do a prayer or a testimony. So let us, um, get into prayer and then hold on. I'm trying to connect. <laughs> Trying to connect on Facebook and I completely forgot to take off Chrome. So we apologize if anybody's seeing that much later. Anyway, so let us just bow our heads real quick and welcome the Spirit of God to be here with us. Father God, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for um, life. We thank you for word, and as we're here, we're just inviting you to just be amongst us. There are a lot of things that is maybe clouding our mind, filling us with fear and anxiety, and we ask that you just calm our hearts down, Lord Father God, and fill us with your Holy Spirit, fill us with your peace, um, and help us to be still in you so that we can also hear the words um, Lord Father God, so we can drown out what the devil may be saying in our heart, Lord Father God. Give the spirit, again, of strength, Lord Father God, a spirit of power, um, because those are um, spirits that come directly from you. Those are your characteristics, and you have given us, given it unto us freely, and we accept it, and we just invite you to be here and to just bless and nourish our soul today. We love you. We magnify your name. We leave everybody in your hands who is listening, whether they're here live with us or watching later. Lord God, may the blessing um, 
that is here with us may your anointing that is here with us be with us well and bless them abundantly we ask all this in the precious name of jesus amen So if there's anybody who has a testimony, you have the opportunity to um, share. So your camera's off, just in case. Uh, yeah, I think you press the mic instead of You have to press the camera button next to the microphone. That's the video camera. In any case, um, we'll just go right into it. Uh, we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 3. chapter 3 verse 1 wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostles and high priests of our professions Christ Jesus who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful, faithful in all his house for well, this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. For a testimony of those things which will be spoken after. Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, 
If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my way. Somebody take a letter. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved forty years. Forty years. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Heavenly Father, we seek your understanding and seek your truth. Guide us, direct us, open up our minds and our hearts. Let it be you speak and, our, and open up our hearts and our minds to listen. Your holy name is Jupiter. Amen. So we see here um, in this um, Greek expert, the book of Hebrews is interesting because it's, um, it's a collection of, of different authors specifically focusing on the transition of Judaism to Christianity and what happens in this in this time is that the the disciples those who are those who are of Hebrew descent or Judaic descent are finding the followers struggling with certain things such as <clears throat> the concept of Moses and Christ in that perspective and it's an important question because if you don't understand the, the context of what it means to be a follower of the books of Moses, right? Today, we have no problem with these things. We who are of the later generations, right? And we understand Christ. We don't identify ourselves as Jews. We don't identify ourselves as Israelites, per se. Right? And up recently, at least in, in our church, um, we don't identify ourselves as Christians. So we're of, of a state of mind that's in the sense that 
we don't have struggle with identity when it comes to quote unquote religion. But Judaism is both a religion and an identity. And what starts out in Judaism is that perspective. It's a religion, but it's also a race. Oh. It's also a people. The history of Judaism starts with Abraham. <coughs> Excuse me. It starts with Abraham, which is supposed to backtrack itself from Abraham to Noah, which, of course, you backtrack from Noah to Adam. So there's a lineage, and and from Abraham it goes further down the line and finds itself to, to all the way down to David. When it becomes the line of David, it changes from Abraham, Jacob, to now D Judah, and Judah is where we create the concept of Judaism. So it's gone from Abraham to Israel, Israel, to Judah, or Jerusalem. And from now, in this context, we are in the third phase of the transition from Abraham to Israel to Judaism. And the Judaism is what is left. And it becomes the religion of Judaism, which also becomes the identity of Judah, of Judaism. So people who are of this faith are also people of that nationality. All that is part, all that is part into the reality of who you are if you are considering yourself a, a follower of Moses. Now Moses is the patriarch, actually, even though it's Abraham was the patriarch, but Moses being the father, per se, of the scripture, he's the patriarch. And you don't, it, so the question being the the ideal of Christ over Moses is a very touchy subject. It's a touchy subject today, ironically, for many Christians. <coughs> I'm sorry. But you would imagine in those days you couldn't dare utter a sentence to question Moses. You could dare utter a sentence to say, it's Christ speaking against Moses. How dare you say? As a matter of fact, anything that, that is written from the book of Moses is the word of God. So when God, it says, and even sometimes God says, and I mean Moses would say, and God says, God, so says the Lord. <clears throat> you understand? So that's how they take it, so says the Lord, whatever Moses says. So it's a very touchy subject specifically for Hebrews. And now we're at a place where Hebrews are struggling with Christianity or the beginnings of following Christ, where Christ himself forces you to question your religion. Because these young, many of these people are followers of Judaism and Judaism doesn't seem in line with following Yeshua. Now I don't say Christian because there was no such thing as Christian then. They were still followers of God and the ideal of Christianity is extremely new as a matter of fact Christianity is probably the later than Islam even though Christianity predates Islam the concept of Christianity is later it's like maybe a few hundred maybe less maybe a few I'm sorry not a few a few thousand years less than a thousand years old 
what they did was follow a set of Judaism, and that would be the best way to 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 describe the earliest Christians. They were part of a Judaic set. Christ was still a Jew, and all who follow him were still quote unquote following the 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 religion of Judaism when. Romans, <coughs> when Romans captured slaves, they were both Christians and Jews, but there were no such thing as Christian. They were still the same group of people. So the slaves were still those who followed Christ or those who followed um, um, the, the, the book as it is were still, they all did, still did Passover. They still followed the, the Sabbath, even though they believe in Yeshua. Right? So that's, and that would be a concept that many of my Hebrew Israelite brothers will agree with. That as most Hebrew Israelites refuse to accept, that are still um, observe many of the old customs, which is they um, obey the Sabbath, they do Passover, you know what I mean? So nothing has changed. It's just the past, the simple thing is that Yeshua is the Messiah, has come. That's the difference. The Messiah is the whole point of Judaism. It's that there is a Messiah, and the Messiah is to come. So what is the difference between a today's Jew and supposedly the followers of Christ is that today's Jew is still waiting for Christ, and they didn't accept that Christ is the Messiah. So they, so let's keep it going. Um, that's the basics of it. But I like here, and I can't say exactly who wrote this, who writes this part of, of Hebrew. Some say it's Paul, some say it's um, Barnabas. Hebrew is a mix of different authors, so it's not necessarily attributed to one or a few, but it's 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 been passing around amongst all of the um, the brothers to 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 basically fix this problem because it's becoming an issue with the growth of the the ministry is that there's a fight within the ministry about Judaism, about whether or not we can accept certain things, or such as, you know, Passover, and such as things that Christ himself has kind of, um, not say, I'll say abolished, in a sense, or made less important, or made less of a thing. See, I was... I, I was mentioning that to my kids the other day. We're talking about the whole process of Christ. <clears throat> Why it's important for Christ to work within the belief system. If Christ was to appear today, he would be, say for instance, this just hypothetical. It's hypothetically believed that Christ never came, Right? Christ had not come yet. And whatever system America is, um, this country is right now, America right now is the um, highest, most powerful country and it has the biggest um, media system. So if Christ was to appear today, the likelihood that Christ would have to would appear is right here in America, probably New York. It would be the epicenter of the world where the message was get its most profound access. Because Christ, for all things as, as God is, what God does best is he 
tries to get the message across as much as possible. In the days of, of Judaism, <clears throat> in the days where Christ did come, he was in the epicenter. The epicenter of religion, which is in Canaan. All of today's main religions come from Canaan. That was where there was the biggest group of, 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 of followers. And it is also the epicenter of what you would call the melting pot of the world in those days, right? When Christianity became its biggest hype, it became its biggest strength is in Rome. When Rome becomes the epicenter of the world, that's why we have the Vatican. When Jews were founded, they were founded in Egypt when that was the epicenter of the world. Wherever the cultural arts, the biggest group of, where there is the, the, the center of the world, as you could say, the center of every of focus, that's where God appears his best. He shows up and chooses his opportunity to reach as many people as possible. That's the importance of, of Israel. That's the importance of Judaism. That's the importance of all that for God. For men, because we've decided that to be the case. We as a people, we as a society have decided what is important. And God, what God does, because he's a loving father, he doesn't fight against our desires. He works within our desires. So what he does, accepting, acknowledging who we are and what we pay attention to, he goes to where we are. He doesn't have to wait for us to come to him. He goes and he finds us. So, back to what I'm talking about. Why is Judaism this way? Why are we here? Why is Christ choosing? To... Christ could have chose anywhere to show up. Christ probably did show up anywhere. Christ, God shows up everywhere. You know what I mean? But why is it here in Judaism? Because that's where the message was going to be best placed. That's the reality. See, we can visualize things from our perspective and we could say this is what God has done and this is how God lays it up but the reality of it all is this part here what I loved is what he speaks of uh, the house I can't find it if we can find the house in the building verse 4 for every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Amen. See, that part is a very important statement. It says every house is built by a man. But he that built all things is God. See, God did not create Judaism. Man created Judaism. I just told you that Judaism started with Abraham. And then Abraham to Israel, Israelites. And then from Israelites to Judaism. And we can go further from Judaism to Christianity. From Christianity, there's Islam. Then there's the Baha'i faith. There's the Seventh-day Adventists. There's the um, 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 Latter-day Saints. We can keep going. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, I tell you saying to speak up. <coughs> we can keep going. So that's the thing. Religion 
is created by men. Religion is not something that God designed and say, here is what I want you to do, man. Let's create this and you will do this this way. Man creates religion. There's many forms of the same stuff that we may copy and we may say that this is our religion. It's in many other religions. If you were to look at multiple religions, one, a simple thing that I'll share that might mess some people up, or might uh, offend some people, and I hope it doesn't. Um, the ideal of burning, uh, um, of, of, of sacrifice. If you look, if you actually study the history of what does the sacrifice comes from, it's in, it's, even though it's in the scripture, and it's the most common practice in religion, it's the most common practice in every religion. Every religion has some burnt altar sacrifice. Where that comes from, it comes from a very old belief that the gods, in order to reach the gods, that if we burn something sweet-smelling, that it would reach them. So by observing, by the practice of burning offerings to God is a way to please the gods because they're spirit, unlike us. So the only way, and of course they believe that life is, is spirit, which is correct. So by burning the spirit, the life, the spirits eat the smell, which is that's the spirit. So you would take your best meat and you would kill it. But they will smell it because they're up there and the air goes up there you know what i'm saying so that's the basic understanding of the origin of burnt offerings and that origin had placed itself far early in the in the development of man but it's been passed down to every generation so that's an explanation it gives you a, a visual of how man's religion starts and it's passed down from every religion and even though religions diverge, they could they keep certain things. So we go from burnt offerings to burnt incense and all these different types of things to the point where we're all the way down to sacrificing um, <clears throat> sacrificing your own children. That became why? Because of desperation. So they started saying, Well, my God is not listening enough. So let me add something more. Let me be my best meat. Well, meat is not good enough. So, well, maybe we should sacrifice children. Because, you know, it's the best thing we have is our children, right? Something extremely precious to us. And you would not be surprised to find out that sacrificing children is a very common thing. To the point where people were accepting it as a practice. Even in the Bible, um, you will see that in Israel, it's, um, when um, before the fall of, of the, 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 the kingdoms, that there was practices of, of sacrificing children and, burnt, and, and burning. But that's, that's not something that God or a God's demanded, doesn't do anything for God or God's that's something that men came up with. We find that to be a common thread in all religion, is that we keep coming up with things to better appease our understanding of God. We create it and say that this is God's, this is what God wants. It's a natural reaction because we have trouble trusting that God hears us.
I can actually equate that to what we do today. And many of our ritualistic things we do is very religious things, which is just ritual because we have to believe that if I do this a certain way, God is going to hear me. Um, you know, and, and that's why Christ says certain things. Uh, one of the things he says is that to not do, um, in Matthew 6, I believe, he says not to um, <coughs> do prayers. The tradition. Yeah, I can't hear you. What are you saying? Don't follow the tradition of men. Yeah, the tradition of men. He says um, not to do um, ex extravagant prayers and try to do the thing for the sake of people seeing you. And the mentality is that is that in those days, what has become very commonplace in the religion, specifically in Judaism, is the zealousy praise, the, the vain repetition. And I... I'm not gonna judge people. I've, I've been in synagogues. I, I, my job as a, as a nurse working in Jewish Jewish um, patients and having to see the synagogues, they have a whole. I mean, it's it's in, in other religions, it's Catholicism, and in, and it's like you have a reading a prayer, and you're doing the kind of a this kind of thing. So it's like you're doing a whole prayer that you're reading out and you're playing it. Everybody's doing the same practice. I can equate that to people in Pentecostalism that does the false, you know, Mihatamata Shota, and I had to ask my children, I said, does that sound okay to you? And they're like, yeah, well, that's weird. Of course it's weird. Well, well, but <laughs> it's all over. Yeah, it's, it's in everything. All, it's all over. It, it's, it's in all the Baptist, it's in the Methodist, it's in the Catholicism. Is in the Jewish, um, is is all over. Is 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 all over. It's mankind. It is again our inability, our inability to trust that God hears you, so that we have to do certain things because we can't see God. We have to just we have we don't operate in the mentality that God is in here. God is with you, so you have to kind of like do these type of things or you're doing it either not for God or you're doing it not for you, not really for for God's attention but for other people's attention to prove yourself worthy of other people you know what I mean so these are these are human things human traits going back to this part in verse 4 is that for every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. So this part here is, is important because we're talking about the distinction between Moses and Christ. And the problem is that brothers have struggled with distinguishing the difference between Moses and Christ. And the, the, the simple thing is that Moses is a man. And it's that simple. And that's what, what uh, the brother is saying, the author is saying, is that, well, all the good that Moses does, he's a man. You know what I mean? He didn't make it. <laughs> he didn't, it didn't come from him. God gave him whatever he has. It's not like, okay, we, God is now sitting back and saying, wait, good, tell me, Moses, what to do. This is not how it works. Christ has not come here to affirm Moses. That's not how it works. 
Christ is before Moses. Christ built what Christ is the building. That's the best way to put it. I'm going to say Christ built. Moses might be doing the building, but Christ is the building. He is the house. As far as it goes, what is this as the sun? But Christ, verse 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. He's saying that we are the house. So that's <coughs> saying that God is, is the house. It's, it's him. This is all, it's really about, this is him. He is, he is the whole point of it all. We are part of his creation. It's not he is part of our creation. That's the that's the misconcept. And <coughs> what this is really about and why I, I brought this up is to say that uh, Christ did not come here for religion. And as a matter of fact, I say Christ is very anti-religion. It is. That religion is not exist in Christ in, in God. As you as as you stated already, that mountain, which is which is true, that's mountain imagination. Yeah. Um, God is everywhere. And may I put it back again? What you just what you know, Christ came to fulfill what he set up. What is already set up. Christ came to fulfill it. What what he what he start? Forget about Moses. Moses is only Moses is, is a servant, if I may use the word. Yeah. So Christ come to fulfill what he himself start from the beginning. So there is no point of and religion again. I think there is a point of. There's a point I want to make there. Um, Christ is the is the boss of his house. Religion is not existing in God. One of the reasons why cause that they imagine all kind of sacrifice, all kind of thing they do, is because as you said, which I agree, they don't believe God's word. They don't act upon God, what God is saying. They act upon what they say. So they falsify God's word for their own pleasure, for their own loss, for their own things. So therefore, then now all of us lost. So Christ come to um, straight it, straight that out to, to bring that to the open to open the eyes of those that are blind and to bring us to reality of real life well, I'll tell you what you said the word you said there is belief and that's important because further on it talks about this the, 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 in Egypt um, where the author is speaking about how even though those people who were left out of Egypt, they didn't believe. They, yeah. did, not, they did not question Moses. After seeing all the, all the majesty, all the things that were done, they stopped believing. And 
And this part is to tell is to tell those brothers who are now questioning Christ is that don't be like your fathers, who after seeing <laughs> all this, who in spite of everything that they seen, could not accept because they fall victim to the mentality of human beings, which is you have to see it and it has to work on your time. So the, the thing is, 40 years had to be spent so that they can submit to God, so that they can be convinced of God. Life has to, be, to be lost, and they still couldn't. And Christ is in front of you. God himself has now done the extreme thing of being human, just so you can, not, so that you can be certain that it's God, so you don't question anymore, and you're still not believing. So that's the that's saying. Don't be like your fathers. I'm, I have simplified it to the level of babyism. God, Christ was sent to us because we just can't do it. And God is God loves us so much that He's basically spoon feeding us at this point. He's like, you know, what? I'm not even gonna let you try to think about it. I'm not even gonna let you try to overthink it. Here. I know you need to survey God. I know you need an idol. I know you need to, to, to see a face, a human face. I'll give you mine. I'll make one for you. Don't make one for yourself. And the truth is why they bring up Moses is because Moses himself becomes an idol. They have now cut to a point where they use Moses as a God. As a matter of fact, there's a Jewish sect that does see Moses as God. And so this is the this is the problem. The problematic sense is like, actually, Christ does something very contra, con, controversial to Jews, and in, in, in four ways, he does four things that is very controversial to the Jewish people. And I'll name the the first one. I'll name it last, okay? But I'll do the simple one first. He says he that he speaks about Abraham in his days. First thing he does. He speaks about Abraham in his days. Now, to, Jude to Jews, of course, Abraham is the father. So he speaks about Abraham not being my father. He says Abraham was was joint by me. Right. So he already puts himself above Abraham. That's already they're ready to kill him for that. Then he says, of course, he talks about um, David. He says, I didn't have David as my father. You said David is my father. I'm not. I don't claim David. Now that's their second hero. First hero of Judaism is Abraham. The second greatest hero is David. David is the greatest king of all time, right? He says, you know what I mean? Then the third thing he does, he speaks about Moses. He says, Moses wrote that because of your, your, you. But I don't agree. We're speaking about divorce. So he already now has done the three. <laughs> this is the third one. That was the last straw, if I, if I forget. He basically has turned down all their heroes. But here is the fourth one. I said the fourth one is last. I, I put the fourth one as first, which is last. His name is Joshua. That's right. That's right. And Joshua is the first hero. After Moses, Joshua is the one that gives them the land of Canaan. He is their greatest warrior. And he goes by the name of Joshua. That's the name. So those are all the four patriarchs of Judaism. And he has completely abolished all four. He's basically saying, look, I, I see your, you, you guys have this thing about your religion. I don't care about your religion. This is not important to me. I'm not here to, to, to serve your desires to, 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 to make these men who are my people that I put together 
I train. Not only I, not only I train. I, I, I come. I, I put life in them. Right. I bring them up. <laughs> People that all, all of them who, by the way, have all were fell short. All of them who, by the way, had had issues that I, that I admonished them for, but forgave them for. So these are, these are not people that I'm, I'm not, I do not want you to emulate them. I want you to emulate me. That's the whole point. To be like me. Because they have fallen short. I chose them, but they did not do what I desired them to do. And you followed them to the level of that you fall yourself short. The beginning of the end of, of the kingdom starts with David. David failed. He, Solomon followed after him. Even before that, when Joshua didn't do what he was supposed to do, the murderous things he did, these things all created a war that created the, the fate of Israel. These are all these things that men fail, even though God sends you. And you can say, well, how come God sends people to fail? Because human beings fail all the time. It is our nature. We constantly fail. This question, this question is a good question, but is a is a vague question. Is a good question, but is a vague question, because if we were not failed, he would have come in the first place. Amen. Amen. He would have come in the first place because of our failure from the beginning, because he came. But the thing is, the failure is not the is not even the point. No. The failure is our reality. Christ is the point. Christ is saying, you cannot fail with me. That I cannot fail. That I am salvation. I am perfection. You can't be perfect. And definitely, Moses can't be the person you focus on. Because I made Moses, and he, trust me, he, has, he makes mistakes. I made David. I love him. But no, that's not who I want you to be. I made Joshua. He's not the one. He's not Joshua. I am Joshua the, by the name. I am Yehoshua. I am the one who is with you. The name that was given to Joshua is not his name. He's not. He, he can't live up to that name. I am the one who is Yehoshua. I am because I am God. And I am the only person that you can honor. You can live up to. And you can seek to be like. I take that into perspective of I, I, I remember the pastor asked me who do I um, who do I observe and I, I I sort of I can't remember the exact point of that and I was <laughs> and I said my answer is I, I thought that to think of, of who do I can I trust to, to, to listen to and I said there's no one else but Christ at this point because I'm not saying that I don't listen to, I don't I look at I trust I um I'm a disciple of many. And I always try to list, take as much as I can from as much people as I can. But the real truth is, when we're talking about Moses in this perspective, he is the highest rabbi. He is the rabbi of rabbis, right? But there's only one rabbi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One rabbi. Yeshua is go, rabbi. Go, go, go to Matthew. Go to Luke. Go to Luke. Um, 10. Go to Luke 10. 
on verse twenty-seven. I, I should have go to the Old Testament, but I give it there. The answer that young man give Jesus Christ. Um, um, and this is exactly what you are just saying right now. Luke ten verse twenty-seven. The quote that he made, he gave. Luke 10. 27. Luke 10, 27. Yeah. And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord, the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Now, uh, go back to your point. Forget about Moses. Yeah. Forget about all those that I put before you. The one that you should really attach to and follow is Yeshua. Yeah. Which is, you love him with all, and that's why Yeshua come up with that point, he said, if you love me, keep my word. Amen. If See. you love me, at that time, take out one. If you love me, if you love me, keep my word. So do what I said to you to do, not Moses. Amen. So here's the thing you said the word keep my word. Now, we often have said the Bible is not the word. Jesus is the word, right? I say that to be very clear because when there are things that are saying the word of God, according to Moses, certain things that you will read and you will say is the word of God. When Christ says um, to love thy God, love your, love, you love your brothers all their heart and soul, all that mind, sorry. Love thy God with all their mind, soul, body. And to love your neighbors as yourself. Is the other part that's always necessarily there is love thy enemy. <laughs> that always gets left out sometimes, right? But the Bible doesn't necessarily extend that part, right? And if you look at certain parts of Deuteronomy, there are certain parts you could say, if the word of God says that you have to stone your enemy to death, that doesn't fit. But that's the word according to Moses. But this is the thing. When Christ was telling the, the about talking the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, it was that specific thing there. The Bible will tell you that treating a Samaritan in that certain way is according to the word of God. So Christ had a problem with that. And what is the Samaritan, right? The Samaritan is the fallen kingdom. It's not a problem. Christ didn't have a problem. He called right. it. Right. Amen, amen, amen. He, he condoned it. He, right. He condoned it. He's not a problem. He condoned it. He said, no, that's what we happen. Amen. So that, that perspective comes from what is supposed to be a religious way of thinking. The religion is okay with condemning others. The religion which is made by man, has this now mentality that treats others who aren't of God, or as they pronounce it, a Gentile, does not, uh, does not get the same level of love 
as if you were a person of God. So you don't love your neighbor as yourself because you're a Gentile. That's according to the scripture. That says the people of God, those my enemies, God will dispose of my enemies. That's in the scripture. That's in the Bible. That's in the word of God. It says God will destroy my enemies. Right. I make for them my enemies to be destroyed. Go ahead. Oh, well, in fact, in the Old Testament, you could see it spread out. The, what you're just saying is spread out in the Old Testament. That is the reason why Jonah, when God sent Jonah to Nineveh, yeah. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. That, because the Nineveh was the enemy of Israel. So he didn't want to go. Yeah. So what you are saying is, is, is really... Religion is man-made to destroy people. I'm sorry to say, but that's that's a fact. Religion created to divide. Actually, was because you're jumping ahead of me because I actually was going that direction. But um, okay, so I'll start from there. What you just said, religion is there to destroy. That's the word you said it right. I'm not even gonna say divide. Religion is destroying mankind. Religion is the reason for war. All wars have some form of religious division. What is religion? Religion is an excuse to make to make enemies of others. It's an excuse to say that God allows you to hurt others. That's what it is. It's you can't hate your your your, your people about, amongst you, but you can hate your enemy and believe that it's okay to kill your enemy if God says so. Because God says these people are God's enemy. Not my enemy. It's God's enemy. And that comes right from the scripture. So, so go ahead. So 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 the pe the, the enemies the enemy is not people. Mm. So the so, enemy is not people. It's only one people. It's God's people. So whoever is not God's people is not people. Yeah but who, who are who are the en the enemy now? You could kill the enemy just like an animal because he's not people. He don't have a the same sentimental with you. Yeah. You exactly. don't have the same the same the same. Go ahead. So a good. I think I think he he, he, he now want to speak. Please, please do it. Anybody can come in. Chime in if you if you want. Dina. Uh, that was me, Pastor. Sorry. Okay, okay. So, what we what we see here is a, a is the beginnings of Christ trying to free us from the danger that is religion. And that, to me, becomes in itself the, the point of Christ. Why do you need religion if you know God? Why do I need religion if I am a part of... I don't need a religion to know that my son is my son. Rick doesn't need some kind of validation, proof, that he, I am his father. He trusts, he believes it by faith, by not knowledge. He has knowledge of me. I don't, he doesn't need some kind of ritual aspect. 
What Christ came to do was not give us religion, was give us um, relation. Can I repeat that? He did that analogy. That, that analogy you're talking about, that analogy, that analogy you give about the son, the son where he don't believe, believe you are his father. No. The son accept Amen. that you are his father. He accepted. Yes. And you don't even want to train him. You don't even have to tell him. He accepted. You, you know, he, 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 belief is not, a, is not a key there. I don't believe my father, my father. I know my father is my father. Hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you believe your father is your father? No. You know. That's your father. That's your mother. Pay your. You See, know God is your God. He's mm -hmm. <laughs> your creator. So, so basically, you just accept it. So basically, you know, you know Christ. You know God is the Word because you yeah. know Christ. Yeah. And if you yeah. know, then you know. God. Yeah. This is important because Christ acknowledges our fault, our inability to trust our eyes. <laughs> uh, we need to. We we have a a struggle. Our struggle is that, that we cannot trust what we can't see. That's why we create all these idols. That's why we have to do burnt offerings. That's why we have to do these rituals. That's why we have to do um, ordain on, uh, do the, 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 what do you call it, the, the Sabbath days and all these things, these kinds of things, because we need it to physically make sense to us. That's why scientists don't believe in God, not until they see God in their own eyes. No. That nature is still there, hasn't changed. You know what I mean? We all have that. So what Christ, what God did. Uh, but, but, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, you have to go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. What God did for well, me. I, I was going to talk. I was going to say something about the scientists. Yeah, go ahead. To me, in my perspective, in my in my thinking, in my thinking. The scientists should be the first to accept God, to, to respect God, to acknowledge God. The scientists, why you may ask me that? The type of knowledge that come to them, the type of insight they get in all creation, in, in nature, even in their very body, that should make them see Something greater than them exists. Well, I, I would say because I would say as a person who does who 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 actually falls more on science than anything else, I would definitely agree with you. But I also will tell you that majority of what's going on today is not necessarily science. It's a different religion that's trying to possess itself as science. Is is so when actual scientists who do say they believe in God, they keep all are shunned. You know what I mean? So don't do not don't don't confuse don't confuse people who say that they're scientists and they preach against God as scientists. 
Because any real, when I was in, in school, my teacher told me, my he's a science teacher, he says, scientists do not, scientists' job is not to prove there's a God. Scientists' job is to show how God does what he does. That's a science, that's a science teacher. He's not telling me, he's not, the idea was, basically he was saying it's not our job to explain why that's, that's, that's religion. Our job is to explain how, how it works. This is how God does it. This is how God put it together. And I, I, and I, that was me as a, as a growing Christian became more a Christian. I mean, not, not a Christian, but I'm saying a more, I became more inclined to science when he told me that. You know what I mean? He told me that made me more appreciate God through science. I have a better appreciation for God because of science. Yeah. And most, and you, you would find out that if you do a study, majority of quote-unquote scientists believe in God. But the people who are most heavily um, knowledgeable, because there's, there, was a, there was a coup in the scientific community of, of atheists who decided the best way to defeat God is through science, is through textbooks, is through trying to make people take over the publishings of science books. <clears throat> to the point where by doing that, you can almost eradicate the belief of God through school. You know what I mean? That's what so they today, did. Yeah. That's what they did. That's what they did. That's what they did. That's why they take out prayer, everything in, in the school. And that's why now it, it become a, a God my God thing. But nevertheless, I didn't I, I I am not against taking prayer from the school, but I'm against taking your real common sense about God. Just plain common sense. Because you cannot tell me my father is not my father. You cannot tell me my father is not exist. If you say that to me, is my sentil is my father. Whether you say it, not that's your problem. But my problem, my me, I, I, I know my father is my father. Period. Point final. No disgusting. I think the problem that occurred now is that um, God himself or the creator has been indoctrinated into religion. And when you when you when you when you do that, it it's almost like you have to set a tone for all religions, right? Whereas Christ is not a the creator is not a religion. The creator is the creator, but religion is something that, like they've seen in schools, like they've seen in politics, like they've seen in almost all areas of life, that it just creates division. It creates animosity. It creates um, who's better than who. And I can understand why they take it out of school or they just take religion altogether out of the equation because there, there is a misconception or a notion that the creator is a religion. The creator is not the religion. The creator, no. like you said, are, is the creator. He is the one who who made me, that should not be taken away from me no. to know who he is and that he is, he is the reason we are. 
you know and religion on the other hand does the complete opposite it takes away the knowledge of god it takes away our like you said the just the basic understanding or the foundation what it's not even foundation it's everything it's 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 taking away the capability of reaching the level that i believe god is trying to um reveal to us and so religion has ruined that for him essentially i'm looking for the verse i'm looking for the verse uh where christ said that i'm going to send the comforter to you you're going to be in you and he will teach you all truth is in the book of john John 14. I'm going to send a comforter for to you. John and that 14. comforter will be living in you. The world will not know it because the world cannot see it. John 14, verse 16. And, yes. I will, <clears throat> and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide in you forever. And he will teach you all truth. It will lead you to all truth. So, um, how many, how many, could you see what we are saying about God? How many children God has? Billion, six, seven billion. So, could you imagine, could you, could you flip over, could you flip over to see the power of God? See, uh, this is a multitude of power. This was a beautiful thing you said about um, how many children God has. Six, seven billion, right? But according that to... Is what is left. That, is, that is what we have now on earth. Right. What about those who pass away? Amen. <laughs> so, but, but, but according to religion, God only had according to whoever was Jewish. Christian or the Jew. Whatever. So I'm just saying in the, there's the children of God. When he said the children of God, it was only two million. So all the seven billion people didn't count because God, children of God are only two million. That's religion. That's religion in a nutshell. Religion is saying that they don't count. I count. I am the only thing that counts. That's Who are they? Who are they to do that? Who are they? Who are they? Who are they? That's God's business. That's not our business. So here's why, where I'm going with this. So according, here's a, a, a cool thing to know. When Yeshua was um, in the manger, <coughs> excuse me, three men came to find Christ. These men were not of the practice of Judaism. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. Here we go again. Detached completely. Amen. Had nothing to do with Abraham. Had nothing to do with whatever system that was in Judaism. But they were they were sent by God. They had conversation with God and to approve of to approve of Yeshua. This is the thing I'm, this is where I'm going. 
Judaism, as I said before, is a story that follows a line. In Judaism, it's one specific group of people. Even in Canaan, we find out that the people of Canaan who the Israelites slaughtered were already the descendants of Abraham. Because the descendants of Abraham were Ishmael and Moab, Moabites, were already the descendants of Abraham. So, the, <laughs> so when the people of Israelites destroyed all these people, they were already the descendants of Abraham. The name of Canaan is, the, is from the group of, of, of Noah, who is one of the sons of Noah, great grandsons of Noah. Canaan comes from the line of Noah. So you already have a family that you're killing. But you say, we are the sons of God. Just a little thing I, I want to put out so we understand the mentality of, Jude of, of religion. Not Judaism, sorry, religion. This concept of God sends me, I am here, this is my people. We're killing our own family, our own children, who are all from the same line and saying that God says that they are my enemies. I'm, I'm laughing because this is this is the truth. This, uh, this is why I'm laughing because you could a common sense could show you we are killing ourselves. A common sense could show you we are killing ourselves. We are destroying ourselves, and that's why I come before. Remember, I said that before that. Family business, that family business, that circle of that small group of a family business we concentrate in, cause us to be blind of the whole picture of the family that we have. The whole, it, it blind us, it blind us completely. Well, that's the thing. God, did, God gave us a family system, one family. One That's family. right. And what one we family. Instead, though, but we did the family system of Cain, which is... We divide it. Yeah. From that we beginning, it we break it up. <laughs> and we have this inability to see ourselves as family. We have this inability to see ourselves as our brother. And okay. that's the... That's the, our sister. That's the mentality. The mentality is we can't see ourselves as one because we, we're, we're, we're self... We're self-involved, and it's me, myself, and mine. We separate. We separate. You don't come from my. You don't come from his my centile. If you don't come from his my centile, you are not my family. Well, but you know what is that religion? That religion comes from one person. That religion comes from. Yes, 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 yes. It's one that's, person that mess up the whole thing too. But that's what religion is. Religion is yeah. self-identity. So why is it that? that the Jews couldn't accept Christ because it didn't fit their self-identity because they already had an image of themselves as God. They see God in their image, not that God created us in his image. They created God in their image, and their image was not who Christ came to look at. And today, as a matter of fact, a good example is that Christians today, non, non, the Christians today have an image of who Christ is, specifically those who are who had who were not from the area where Christ came from, 
and today. And if you, if you tell a, 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 a European who does Christ look like, he'll show you his picture, right? So we it created an image of God in their image. Which, which, Not, which we did. Which, which we which did. Because um, actually, um, before 1600, a century before 16th century, there was a black Christ. Yeah. And there still be a black Christ in the Vatican. Yes. If you go to the Vatican, there is a black Christ, picture black Christ. But when, when Michelangelo came in, in the 1600s, he created the white, the white Christ. Mm -hmm. So right now the European have the white Christ, and the so-called black have white uh, black uh, uh, Christ, but then we find ourselves divided right there. Each mm -hmm. one, uh, right now, the black Christ eliminate completely. Whereas Christ didn't come about that. This is man-made thing. Exactly. This so, is not God. <laughs> well, that's the, back to the point. The point is, this is all a man's house. Man built the house, but the house is God. God is the house, but we take the we give credit to the man, and not the not the building. We give take credit to not the, the God. I'm, I'm gonna I'm keep misquoting it. Let me just say it again, verse four: For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Let me just keep repeating that, because what we have to understand is. We are still in God's house, even though we may be building our own things. We're building something in God's house. <laughs> that's the irony. That's the irony. That's the irony. And this is what Christ is trying to let them see. That's why Yeshua is trying to let them see. Whatever you build, according to that verse you just read, will fall. Amen. Will mash up. Except the one that he has from the beginning. So, so the conversation sends, is is basically to the fault that, as the beginning of the 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 the, the group, the ministry starts, the the function, what Christ is trying to uh, have them alleviate, is to function like their father. It's to function like Judaism. It's to avoid what actually does eventually happen is that now we have Christianity. Instead of having, as God had intended for us to be free from religion, to be free from these things, and to be free from these orders, and to be free from having something like a Pope, <laughs> to be free from having something like a order of, you know, I mean, we, what Christ was trying to do is to keep us from the natural our nature to constantly idolize man-made things to diminish God into something small that you can focus on and just as a matter of fact what Christ was trying to do was elevate us to him instead of what we constantly do is yes, we yes, him down yes, to yes, yes 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 not not try this is what he did anyway for few for few of us we may not we still going down in the gutter but those that he has, this is why I said before, remember I said that nobody called me Christian. 
If you call me Christian, you are you 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 insulted me. I am God child. Christ has given me the authority to claim that. Yeshua has given me the power, has elevated me to tell me that God the Father is my Father. He made me. So I am God's child. Pay on. Pay on. No, no, no cliche, nothing at all. Whether you understand it, that's your problem. You don't understand it, that's your problem. But I am God's child. Because this is the one of the purpose. In that prayer they have in that day in the book of Matthew, he said, Oh Father, which is in heaven, allow me thy name. Now we're using that same word there, but Christ referring show us that he, he said, I'm going to your father, to my father and your father. So, so God the Father is our Father. Well, you see, the, you see, that's another thing. What Christ does is he's showing you how to do it correctly. He's giving you the right ways to do certain things. Even when it comes to that part in, in, in Matthew when he gives us the, the, the how to pray, he starts out by telling us why I don't want you to pray a certain way. But if you have to pray a repetitive prayer, there's a reason for this way of doing it. And this is this is the this That's is right. the I need you to follow this script because <laughs> that way you're doing something that I approve, that I'm telling you that That's I for me, right? And he's basically telling you, okay, here's all I need you to do. You don't have to do the rest. This is all I need from you. Why is this this? Because that way it frees you from all the other stuff that you have been doing that I don't care about. It's telling you that I don't care about all this other stuff, right? I don't care about Saturdays. I don't care about um, you need to um, burn these things out. I don't, I've never, it's never, it was never mine to begin with. I don't care about the whole blood, the whole sacrifice, um, the, 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 the body of Christ is an insult to, to actual, um, 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 to, to the, the sacrifice. It's basically God saying, okay, if you gotta drink blood or here, eat, here's my body. Here's, drink this wine as my blood. I'm telling you these things because the Passover, and I'm, and I'm not breaking down the Passover as a thing that we do. He said, if you gotta do the Passover, here's what you do, right? Because all these things, even the Passover, if I was to tell you the real truth, it, be, it predates Judaism. This is part of a ritual. It has its own histories. These are religious things that have its own history that finds itself in, in all religion. Christianity, it has many things in it that comes from Africa. It has its own ritual. We celebrate Christmas. It's always been celebrating Christmas before Christ. The, the big 20, December 25th has always been a big day because it's part of following the equinox. It's like these are these are things that they follow, that they've been done, and it's been found in different religions. All religions seem to follow certain things because they all follow the stars. These are religious things. And the people who, the writers, priests, will tell you that this is God's thing, but they are just human. And humans do these things where they try to explain God for God. Christ is saying, here's what I want you to do, and I don't want nobody to speak for me. 
here's what I'll give you. Now, the rest of the stuff, if you want to follow these things, it's fine. I follow Christ. Christ is my rabbi. You know what I mean? And my rabbi is bigger, greater than any other rabbi. He's basically saying by this verse, saying that I am, it is not, it was not, it is not sacrilege for me to say that Christ is, I mean, is greater than Moses. Sorry if that offends you. That if I say that, although I appreciate Moses for his work, I follow God. I follow Christ. Christ, tell, I follow what he tells me to do. And I'm not putting anybody down, although I, you know I mean, I am a, I'm a student in the followings of Jesus Christ, and I appreciate the words given that God has provided to all who have followed me, all, all who predate me, excuse me. Pastor on to Moses. These are all the lineages, right? Pastor Sinto is the last of the lineage of all yes. the that God has sent. But all of these people, myself included, are human. Our job is to follow God. And we teach the word of That's God right. according to God. Not according to Ricardo. God. According to Pastor Sinto. No. According to Moses. No. According to John. No. no. To Peter. Not no. according to Paul. Not according to Isaiah. And when you say that, the reason why these things are important is that according to Christ, that's where it stops. I can't go around Christ. I can't say, well, but. The buck is stopped right there. Amen. The buck is stopped right there. The buck is stopped right there. No matter what you're doing, Yeshua is. In fact, this is why in the book of Revelation, he said, I am Alpha and Omega. The first. Amen. Amen. So the book is stopped in Christ. No matter or whatever you got, whatever degree you may have, it does not matter before the Yeshua. So Yeshua is the Alpha, is the Omega. Is Amen. Is the voice. Amen. So, what is what, what? Why is this important? Because while I feel sorry, and I, I shouldn't say I feel sorry, while those before Christ, those who did not know Christ, had to do all these processions for to to uh, to reach God, to have favor, to have an ear for God. Right? I have God's ear with me, within me. I speak to God. I don't need to do a thing to speak to God. I don't need to repeat myself to speak to God. In the same way, if I tell my son something, I have faith that he listens to me and he's going to do what I say because I, I spoke to him, right? In the same sense, I shouldn't have to worry. Did Ricardo, did Rick hear me? Did Gladiana hear what I said? I was in the room with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I shouldn't have to like dig and find out. Did did Gladiana hear what I had to say? Because I was in the room. God hears you. God is in the room. God is with you. God doesn't have to be turned on. Doesn't have to be reached. Doesn't have to be called on. Doesn't have to be pricked abroad. God is with you. Yeshua means I was with it. I, if I make a statement, which I'm going to make now, they call going to call me lunatic. Mm. If it is not lunatic, they're going to call me I am a 
when they send you to psychiatrists, what they what they were going to use? When, 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 you, when your head is cuckoo, what, what word do you use? It could be many. Schizophrenic, it could be... Yeah. Yes. So, you, if I told them what I'm, what, I, what I'm going to say right now, what I'm going to say now, they're going to tell me all kinds of things that I am. I speak with God. God talks to me. Every single minute. We have conversation together. Either he come and talk to me, or I talk to him. Mm -hmm. They call that delusion. But, okay, delusion. That, that's the word they're going to call me. But there are a lot of things that information that God pass on me, lot of direction that He give me, lot of information that He give me. It was no man who gave them to me. And those information are real. And if I follow all that he told me, there are a lot of problems I wouldn't get in. I wouldn't get involved. I would escape so many problems. But unfortunately, in many times, he talked to me. I don't listen and I don't do it. And I get in trouble. So God always converse with his children. Always, always is talking. Is you to ask him for the ears to hear when he's talking. To give you understanding to know when he's talking. Because God don't talk the way we talk. So you see the thing is Christ is what what this what I believe angers Christ is religion does two things. One, it separates man from God. That's because, <laughs> oh God, I'm messy. I'm messy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like when they send talk. First of all, I need it. Oh, you just come back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I become son of dear. I mean, uh, could you look at the family they have the born again? I mean, uh, we are, we are the children of God, of course. Because, first of all, Christ gave us the birth. Because later, Pala with Nicodem, right there, Nicodem say yun ginaw kap etibje ki etibje yun yano. Go Nicodem, and even Christ called him as a, <laughs> a reply. Nigran Nicodem, gran Nicodem, a big concern. Yeah. And uh, 
Jésus-Christ, the way Christ come in and talk to Nicodem and by saying that, uh, which is, we find that in um, John chapter 3. Uh, I'll read a little bit in, uh, on that. It says, Jesus replied to Nicodem, I guarantee, I guarantee this truth. No one can see the Father just now. My brother, uh, my brother just say it. Man is there to who uh, know I believe separate us from God. God, they can separate us from God. Yo, yo, Yeah. Because what God did right here, put it. You have to be born again. From what? From what? It's by the blood and the spirit and the water and the spirit. The water and the spirit. That's right. The Father is in you. Remember in Luke where uh, Mary, there was a, a manifestation Station that was what there when the the angel come in and talk to Mary. Mary saying that when he give him the news that you're gonna carry a child. Hmm. And Mary say how I'm gonna carry that child and then I never have a, a relationship with no man. You're gonna have you're gonna. The Holy Spirit gonna be uh, over you, you right there, you the Father, it. right there. And Jesus said to Nicodem, "You have to be born." Papa said the Nicodem thought same relation. Comment comment no, Jam can't understand what Christ is trying to say. And this is what he did. You have to be born by spirit. Yes, yes. The yes. word and spirit. Amen. Opaka. That's why when Christ say it, Lela Poile, Ressuscite Poile, it is my boy on lot. And that, the mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. right here. In me, how can I I separate? No man, because he put it inside of you just now again, my brother. Ricardo saying, I was talking to him in my room. You are daughter of God, and yes, he hear me because he's in me. Yes, wherever. It's wherever I go, it's right there. Amen. My father is right there. It's in me. Amen. Genesis chapter one. Who was moving? The spirit, the father, the father, the father. Who's the father? Christ alone. I will never abandon you. I'm mm -hmm. gonna be right here. Uh -huh. Amen. That's See, powerful. 
What, what I believe that we have it all. Look at dude. It's not to me, it's not a matter oh. of belief. It's not a matter of belief. It's a matter I have. I finish. I have. I am. I am. That's what God gave us the beginning when he says I am. And what Jesus That's said right. is I am the beginning of the end. I am is affirmation of self. And when That's you right. acknowledge who you are, you acknowledge you are of God by saying that I am. I exist. Because I exist, God exists because I exist. I mean, sorry, I exist because God exists. God exists. My existence is God's existence because He made me. We are yes. together. We are together. One thing. We are the whole thing. So uh, I was gonna. What I was saying is why why Christ hates religion is because the separate separates man from God. Why? Because there's a, a middleman. That middleman. Is trying to say that I'm going to take you to God. I'm going to give me concession, pay concessions to me. That's why Christ was so angry when he went to the temple, because that is religion in its nutshell. And Christ was in the temple and he tore down the tables and said, What are you guys doing? Are you guys taking advantage of my people, my children, to get to me? Are you using my name to make money? To, to, to make a price for prayer, to make a price for salvation. That's the- And that's, that's what we, yes, that's what we're doing today. That's what he's always done. This is what we're These doing. These people, they do not have, they 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 do not have Christ. They well, pretend I, I, that they I, have, but they don't have it. I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say they don't have Christ. But one thing I would say, they are not telling me they are not leading me or they are not giving me what Christ is giving me. It's up to Christ to know whether they have it or not, because I do not know. I do not know who has Christ, who do not have Christ, but I know I have Christ. It's up to you to know who, what do you have? I am here. I'm not telling you you have Christ. Well, uh, I'm, not telling, you, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. You are the child of God. Amen. It's you. It's you. Yes. Going back to what we started saying earlier is that he's a man. He's a man, you're mm. human being. All of them yes. fall. We all fall into that same category. Now, God bless you. I could say that a person who believes that he is serving God. I would say that when I when I went to a service one time and this preacher felt the need to try to knock me out to to, to receive the spirit, I don't blame him for. I don't say he doesn't know Christ. I just think he doesn't know that I know Christ, and that's basically the reality. He doesn't know that I know Christ. He thinks that. I, so my relationship with Christ is mine. And whatever he thinks is happening is what he thinks is happening. But God bless him. The for, the basic reality is that is what Christ is trying to free us from. Free us from these majesty, these magical things, these these phony things, these fake, false things, these human carnal things. God's relationship with you is not carnal. It's eternal. No. It's spiritual. Yeah. It's true. It's real. Why he says the spirit and in truth is because I heard when I said it earlier, a relationship, 
A relationship with yep. God is truth. A relationship with God is love. You know what love is? It's funny that when we think about this word, we don't use it in the correct context. Because no, no. knowing you love somebody is you have to know somebody to love somebody. It's that simple. You can't love somebody that you don't know. I don't but know again, again, even even deeper than that. Even deeper than that. You could know somebody and you don't love him. Of course. Well, that's you know somebody. We... <laughs> I, I think to love somebody is to hear the person talk and whatever the person tell you to do, you do it. You follow the direction of the person. Uh, you love the person you follow what he said to you. In other words, you trust his word. You understand his word. And you know that when he's talking to you, it's not for his favor, but for our favor or for your favor. Actually, when God talking to us, as you, go, as you said before, as you said before, which I recall, you say God said, he said, now, okay, you're going to pray, but this is the prayer to do. So that I approve that. I approve that kind of prayer. So, so in other words, is in God's favor and as well as your favor voice. Because now I could, my father could listen to me and I could take message from my father. But this is, in his criteria, in his rule, in his direction, in his direction. So that is love. That is love. Love is to, this is why Christ said, if you love me, keep my word. You love me and then when I talk and then you despise my word and then you say you love me. You hate my word, you say you love me. How could you? So when you love is to pay attention to what the person is saying and don't judge the person, but I mean, think, just stay one minute to think what the person is saying. Right now we put the word of what we call that person come to me too hard or he, he, he talked to me too, too. The direct talk, that's the right thing to do. What you want, you just express it and then you finish. It's up to the person to think about that word. Meditate about that word you say. To see what good in that word. And then move forward for it. That's what Christ is telling us. Christ is telling us, I put, give you direction, you follow the direction. And if you follow that direction, that means you are in my range. I could approve those things, but the others I cannot approve them. So, what we see here is that God, Christ is not coming here to teach us how to be better religious people. God is not coming here to teach us how to to do a better religion. God is not teach, coming here to teach us how to better impress Him. 
God came to give us relationship. God came to free us from our mentality, our false realization of who we are. Because we don't know who we are. And as John said, we are to be like him. That's a very simple, it's a, it's a simplified statement. Because the yes, truth yes, is, yes. we are him. Yes. We are yes. him. But we don't know him. Yes. So the reality is, um, sister, but sister said something about to be born again. I came to this realization that we misunderstand the statement of born again. Born again in this perspective of, it's not so much that you have a rebirth, you have a second birth. There is a first birth, which is a human birth, right? We're here, it's a physical thing. But to be like God is you need to get the second birth, to be born of God. We're not born right. of God yet. We All are right. physically All right. born. So Correct. Correct. In perspective that we are in this we may be out of the physical womb of our mother, but the spiritual womb of our spiritual father, our spiritual mother, we have not yet. But to be like God, you have to first come out of the womb. To be like God, we have not yet been born. So Christ is teaching us the truth of who we are. We are to be like him. First, he has to plant the seed. The seed is God. The seed is the Holy Spirit. The seed has been planted in the womb. We are in the womb, and when we have been fully formed, we will be like God. To be born of him, to be God. As my son is mighty, it's not, my daughter is not my children. I didn't make my children. They didn't come from me, right? God created them. I, there's nothing in me and my wife that can make my children. <laughs> you were, be, before, before you, while you were in your mother's womb, God already put all those ingredients Amen. to have children. That's the first step. Your, you didn't even know. And even now, many of us do not know. No. We have How about no children? We have no agency to that. There's nothing in us that we can claim. As a matter of fact, any part of my body that controls all the rest of my body, I have no control over. I only control 10% of my body. What I'm speaking is 10%. God does, we whatever you want to call it, is a whole part of my brain that does all this stuff. It's connected, and it's connected to every cell in your body. I'm, I'm going. I'm going too sciencey. Let me let me just break it down. The point being, no, but that, that's it. That's a fact. That that's it. this is why we said before all scientists, so-called scientists, should be God children. Should no. should be there to explain how God operate, how God do things. But because of selfishness, because of being so ego. They want credit for themselves and they want money and they want popularity and they want everything. And in fact, they are the one in most cases who, who cause so many virus coming out. I'm gonna close, but here's the thing. <laughs> the reality is this, as the verse says, 
Um, the house, I'm going to keep it. I love this verse. This is an amazing verse to me. For every house is built by some man or woman, whatever you want to call But he that built all things is God. God created all of this. This process that we have messed up and claim that is God. This, all of this that we have done our own things, it's not crediting God, right? We discredit God. We screw up God's word. We screw up God's word, amen? We've done all these yes, things. We screwed up God's word. In the womb of God, we have done it. But God created it. It is not us. It is not ours. We cannot hold claim to it. We can take acceptance, I take credit for all the work that I make in the sense of the mistakes I've made. I don't blame God of my work, the things that I work, right? But I am in God's house. I might have created a building within God's house that is going to fall, but I can't give it to God and say that I did this for God. What God has given me, though, is the ability to live forever. And through that ability, because of his love and his grace and his mercy, he has built me a house that I do not have to build for myself, that I do not have to fix, that I will, never, that I will live forever. And my, the house that God has built for me, the house that God has created for me, the house that God has created for all of us is eternal. The house that God has created for us will never break. The house that God has created for us will never bend. And it's perfect. And I seek to understand that I am not of, God is not of my creation. God is not made in my image. I am created in his image. And all things that are mine were mine from before I existed. So I don't claim man's things. I, there's nothing hold that I hold, behold to myself that I give to man. I give credit to no man for anything. I don't trust man for anything. And I shouldn't trust man. Christ is not asking us to trust man. He's saying trust only one man. One man. That is him. It's okay to, to, to idolize Christ. It's not okay to make an image of Christ. But it's okay to idolize Christ because he knows we need to idolize something. He knows that we need to visualize something. He knows we need to copy something. He's saying copy me. Visualize me. Do as I do. If you want to copy, don't copy Moses. Don't copy Abraham. Don't copy Pastor Center. Don't copy Ricardo. Don't copy Sister Naomi. Don't copy any man. Copy Yeshua. Amen. 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 Pastor, would you pray for us? Oh, Father, we do thank you and praise you that you are the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You are the one, Father, we should look on. You are the one we should depend on. You are the one we should talk to and which you did every time you talked to us, Father, because you are real. You are real indeed because you talk to us within ourselves. We have communication with you. And thou art indeed the first and the last. 
thou art Alpha and Omega. Your power is so great. Your power is so magnitude that you create everything that exists. Everything, both in heaven and earth and under the earth, has been created by you and for you because of your magnitude of your power. So we praise you. We thank you. We glorify your name. And we know you have billion of billion of billion of children that is are listening to you and you are talking to them. May all of us come together before you by the name of Yeshua who have given us the freedom, the liberty to understand that we don't need nothing else but you. And you are our Father. And we worship you, we accept you. Give us the strength, the courage to do what you tell us to do. And also give us the good hear to hear when you speak. And give us the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom to follow and give us, Father, the love for you, to love you, to love you, Lord, with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. And help us, Father, please, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Because truly, all of us are one. We are not divided. We are one father and one mother. And this is you. We thank you. We praise you. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 So we are concluding our message for today, the day Bible study. So we're grateful for each person that had the opportunity to be here and to hear the word of God. Um, let him who has ear hear the word. Um, and that is the Holy Spirit to do that work in you, to know that the Holy Spirit is in you. So um, we pray that you receive this with an open heart and a clear mind and clear conscience um, that God is working out and seeping what is the enemy and what is him. So you can discern what to do and how to live and, and what to trust because we have way too many distractions in this world. We have way too many um, false doctrines and false ideas and, and, and false. And the only way you're going to be able to discern is as soon as you step into Christ, as soon as you know his words, know who he is, you'll know the truth. You'll know the way. You'll know what life is because he is all three. He is everything. And so abiding in him, abiding in his word is abiding in eternal life. So we pray that that the word of God just get poured into you wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now in your life, just take hold of him. Take hold of him wherever you are in this place. There's nothing you have to change, but your heart is to just be open and accept him. And he'll do the changing. He'll do the, 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 the uplifting. He'll do the healing. He'll do the rest. All he needs is your heart. So um, we leave you here and we pray that you come again next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The link will be in the description box. 
um and we just invite you to continue to you know send us your message send us your comments um send us your questions so that we can all come together and um and and just discern from that or try to answer your questions to the best of our knowledge so we thank you for being a part of this until then be blessed be safe in this um if you're in the east coast with the weather be safe out there and may um may the spirit of god be with you not only for today but for the rest of your life until then guys amen. we'll see you next week bye-bye amen Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Leave us a voice message or a comment about what God has revealed in you from this week's message. And don't forget to share this episode with your friends and your family so they can have the same experience of revelation like you did. May God bless and abide in you not only today but forevermore. We love you and we can't wait to see you on our next episode. Bye-bye.